Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey everybody, this is Gene Jennings with the Connect Hope Podcast. I am here with my buddy Chuck Gordon. Chuck, how you doing today, bud? It's Gene Jennings. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm in the room with him. He's like my hero. Dude, um, this it is, is awesome. real. It's real. It's... <laughs> so, uh, but we also have a guest. We do. Gene, I'm, I'm excited. We we have a guest by the name of Laura Beth Gordon. No relation. No relation, no relation at all. To you. Even though I wish it was no relation. Oh, here we are. Right off of the start. Okay, we know this is nice. good. <laughs> well, yeah, Gene, we, we're, uh, and I'm going to let Laura Beth talk here in just a moment, but actually, maybe I won't. I oh, that comment, but okay. The, um, we really wanted to go an angle today just talking about, you know, as, as a church uh, and as ministries, uh, we're trying to reach, quote unquote, the next generation, this rising culture. And we can often have opinions and views and, and angles on this is what we need to do, this is what we don't need to do. But sometimes I think it can be effective. Let's listen to the voice of that culture themselves. Yes. And so wanted to bring Laura Beth in. And so you tell us where are you, what's going on in your world, and, and so that our listeners, our, our massive listening audience from around the world yes. can get more of a perspective of, um, <laughs> of where you are and what's happening. Yes. So, firstly, the relation is that I'm your daughter. Okay. That's <laughs> I guess I'll claim you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, like they said, I am a college student. I'm currently 21, just finished up my third year at Georgia Tech, which I guess I means... Go Jackets. Go Jackets. Go Jackets. <laughs> yeah, it Go does, jackets. It, does. Uh, it means I'm a senior now, I guess, technically. Wow. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Um, I am 21, but I'm involved at a church up in Atlanta called Passion City Church, and um, in that church, I'm involved in the young adult ministry in a family group um, with girls my age, just doing life together, um, meeting weekly, but also seeing each other outside of that. And also, I'm part of an organization on campus called Georgia Tech Night of Worship, um, which is an organization where we just put on nights of worship, and we get to invite um, people into it, unify the body of believers on campus and just glorify Jesus' name. And then I also am part of a Bible study on campus, um, just a group of friends that get together and read scripture, just dive into what it's saying, how we can apply it. Um, And yeah, and then also at um, my home church, I get to serve in students um, and lead a seventh grade group, um, which has been absolutely incredible. I just started doing that a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, those are my current. My well, Laura Beth, your parents wanted me to ask you: Are you studying? Yes. When do you have time yes. to study? If I, if I were your dad, I would be asking: When do you get studying in? <laughs> so. um, in a few moments, uh, some in betweens. You right. know. <laughs> no, that's that's cool, and and I know that that as a dad, I know it's I love love hearing that and love all your involvement. But you definitely are involved. I mean, to think about one backing up GT now, Georgia Tech, not a worship. Uh, it's pretty incredible that there is such an organization on a campus like Georgia Tech that I know is not known for its spiritual atmosphere mm. and environment. To say the least. And, and, um, and to be a part of a, a group that does that. And, and then also Passion City Church, of course, uh, you know, not name dropping, but Louis Giglio, et cetera, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. but name dropping, but just <laughs> it's such an influential church and in, in culture mm-hmm. right now, especially young adults. But so, so with that, um, 
what, and this kind of diving right in, what yeah. are young adults responding to? What, when you, you know, it's, it's a different culture than when Gene and I were in school back, you know, before stone was created. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so what would but you after say? after the wheel, right? <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, okay. after the, just Somewhere slight, there. I remember the wheel was invented, actually. <laughs> I was in high you school. You rolled it over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of different things that we're responding to. Um, not as many as we used to, I feel like, though. I think we're definitely responding to opportunities for community, and we are just, like, desperately craving um, community. And I think COVID was a huge catalyst for this. Um, I've only known Young Adults Ministry since COVID, so I didn't know it before, but I think COVID caused people to feel so lonely and just, like, so desperate for community. Mm. Um, And I think part of that, like, COVID caused people to walk into church that would never have beforehand if they mm, didn't wow. go get to that place. So I think we're responding to opportunities for community, but not just surface level community. We are like craving to be like fully known. Um, we are craving like for people to know everything about us, for us to do like daily life um, with people and to have these relationships with people that like unlike anything before. And I also see us going back to a lot of, like, the early church and, like, house church, I know, is a big movement right now. So people are just very much, like, uh, craving that intimate community, um, which has been really, really cool to see. And I think we're responding to confession um, and opportunities for confession and wanting to facilitate places where we can do that. Because I think we're seeing, like, places like Asbury and Samford where... Mm -hmm like revival is happening and we know that like and start parts with confession and repentance and I think that's something that we're seeing and noticing um which has been I think I've seen firsthand so now is that happening with because what you're describing sounds to me like something that's happening within the next generation believers Mm -hmm. is that happening with those that aren't following Jesus as well would you say that confession, I, repentance. You're really, I guess mm-hmm. you're using a lot of church words for mm-hmm. house church and things like that. That sounds like something that a Christian group of next gen would be involved yes. in. But are we seeing unchurched next gen um, people getting involved in that as well? I think the it's been <clears throat> a start of them wanting that, and I think we in part goes to what we're not responding to. I think like the unchurched are very much like disillusioned by the lights and cameras and all of the lights and cameras in churches in churches um in production that they've seen in churches whether it's through like tiktok or like social media they think it's all fake um but when they've seen these things where it's like you like this can't be made up they're seeing those um places in those areas and it's like i guess this is like legit i guess this is something i should look into um because i also think it's also been interesting to see how there's been a weird like balance and like fight i feel like in the church like church versus um people who may not be believers just like the fight for like feelings and what truth is I think 
people are like creating different truths and it's constantly failing them and so there's like this big search in my generation for truth um and I think that brings them to church a lot of the times it's when they realize their truth like can't change they need a constant right and what I told you before we started recording is the word I keep hearing this generation wants authenticity absolutely they want it to be real they want to be genuine and like you said the lights and the music and the haze machines don't impress them much anymore absolutely they've seen it done before right it's nothing new right so so is that does that mean all right churches okay let's let's take out the smoke machines the the fog machines let's take out just have acoustic guitars and just acoustic (laughs) (laughs) are we are we is basically the pendulum swung and Mm. and now it's coming back or is that just is this a piece of culture or is it as a whole um basically that yeah that churches need to look at that and and stop trying striving to have the rock concert Mm. uh or is that just an element is it you still want to have authenticity but still have the element of you know the guitars the Mm -hmm. drums that so um i've never been to passion city church but i Mm -hmm. hear so much about it and louie and all that so what's it like what's a what's a sunday service look like for them yeah absolutely as far as especially regarding music and the lights and all that kind of stuff Yes, so um, Passion City is an incredible church, and it is a big church, and they are known for worship and production, um, and Lou Giglio as a pastor, speaker, preacher, teacher, um, and going in, I was skeptical um, because it is a bigger church, and I was like, I just don't want to, that's just, can be seem overwhelming, um, and growing up in a smaller church where it's you know everyone that Mm -hmm. walks in the door and passion um isn't that way however i think they provide a lot of opportunities for you to meet people and to create that community at church and i think that's why i stayed is because i uh took those opportunities and ran with them so but a typical sunday morning um is like the structure is very similar to other churches it's come in worship a message and then um, more worship. But I think the difference that I've noticed that passion is their heart behind it is Jesus. The reason behind why they do what they do is Jesus and it is biblical and it's rooted in scripture. And I think, Dad, kind of like pivoting to your question in part, people can tell when it's not rooted in scripture and when Jesus isn't behind it and when they are truly doing it for the pictures and the lights and the cameras and when it's all for show it's and for production exactly for show. gotcha gotcha they even people who aren't believers like they mm-hmm. sense it and even if they aren't like sure they're assuming that and so i think there has been a shift to smaller more intimate like churches and a lot less things with the lights and production and all that However, I do think there is, like, a middle ground, and I don't think we're swinging, like, totally back to, like, house churches, but I do think we're finding the middle of ground, and I think our generation as a whole is coming back to being rooted around scripture and less focused about the hype. I think we're seeing through the hype. That's good. Mm. That makes me wonder how how much is uh, a reaction to social media, not just the church, Mm -hmm. but there's been such a long running discourse or long running battle of, of churches with social media. You can leverage it to get the word out about your church, but at the same time, 
when you see people sitting there in services scrolling their exactly. social media feed, uh, you know, that is, it can be so frustrating, but, but it makes me wonder again, how much of this current reaction to uh, in-office authenticity, is that inauthenticity? is that a word? We knew what you meant. Okay, okay good, as long <laughs> yeah. as you did. But, but how, how much of it is realizing, okay, I can scroll as the saying goes, I can see everybody's best moments and compare to mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. everyday or my worst. Yeah. And how much of that is all of a sudden there's kind of a reality check of, okay, I, I can't keep up with this and I'm never gonna be able to enjoy life if, as long as I'm comparing to everybody else and I need something that's authentic and real. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, uh, it makes me wonder how much of this craving of, of young adults is all of a sudden again a pendulum swing there from social media back to okay this is not reality back yeah. to something that is real and but not wanting to go back to the same church that's competing with social media exactly but that's a I don't know if I'm going in the right paradigm but uh, you know our churches is that basically part of the problem they see churches as competing with social media and it's like let's don't go there just present God's word present mm-hmm. scripture present truth and and then we have something that's real, whereas we're starting to realize all this other stuff is not real. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe I'm going the wrong road, but no, I think I know what you mean. I think my generation and like people uh, a little older than me have seen like the opposite end of the spectrum, where church like was not about Jesus and not about scripture. It was about the social media and the hype and the worship and what how they can get like people's attention production wise versus like staying rooted in truth and Mm -hmm. i think we just typically want to run so far away from that that we go towards the opposite end of the spectrum of just like acoustic guitar like voices and like there's nothing wrong with the worship and the guitars and drums and all of that like that's what i have every sunday and i can tell you like the worship atmosphere is rooted in jesus so it's an experience that I'm so thankful that I get I'm, to have. I'm going to clarify. When mm-hmm. you say rooted in Jesus, what do you mean by that? How I think it, the purpose behind the songs that they're singing, the words and lyrics are about Scripture and focused on Scripture and the truth of who Jesus is. It's not just repeating sense. one word 50 times. and, and it, it, It's that, exactly. Okay. Um, the, it's conviction from the leaders, like hearts of what they okay. believe. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. But I think social media definitely has played a role in how we view church because we're constantly on it, and especially with COVID, that's what we run to. Um, But I will say I think sometimes we have, my generation has responded to a not-so-great way, the opportunities for online services. I think we can use that as a cop out for not being in church and yep. rooted in no like community mm-hmm. in yep. person, and I think that's well, where a lot of the old adults yeah. that do the same. Yeah. Is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I think just a problem in, with church in general right now, um, and not that there, God still uses online services like very clearly, but we use it as a cop out and excuse to not go in person on Sundays and to not mm. be in the church. And when you look at the Bible and like the New Testament, you don't see any examples of people outside the church. Like okay. they have their community, they have their people that they're like talking about Jesus with and figuring out how to walk this life like with Jesus. Okay. So Well it makes it makes you wonder and, and again y'all may have other angles on this. It makes you wonder, okay, so with churches it, it it can be one just you know pastor staff looking at uh, their worship service and going okay let's though we can still have the production element mm-hmm. at the same time let's let's make sure we're keeping the main thing the main thing keeping honoring Jesus with what we're doing 
but how else would you say uh, a church leadership staff ministry uh, if they want to focus on we really want to reach young adults um, they're not just going to put a flag out front or mm. a little street sign that says we have authentic worships here you know <laughs> yeah. or uh, you know we we have acoustic worship what what would you say you know if you were with your friends uh, mm. people you know what are they going to be looking for that you know why would they go to this church or that church what's going to uh, be the thing that makes them decide, hey, I want to go here because this church, they're reaching young adults. What is that? I guess, I don't know if that's a fair question. What's what's going to be attractive to them? Yeah, mm. right. It's a good way. Yeah. I will say, as much as my generation is looking past social media and all that, we social media is the first thing we look at. Like, when we're looking at churches, okay. like, full honesty, mm-hmm. like, we look at what they're posting, like, to get a feel for the church. We're going to look at the I know I would like look at the website um, just to get a general feel for, <laughs> lack of better words, the vibe of the right. church. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that's something the fir- like that's going to be our first impression of churches typically for my generation is social media um, and what they're doing. But I think um, when you're at the church, if you're visiting the church, I think my generation is going to be looking for like I mentioned earlier like the opportunities for community because if you can have a great service but if you don't have small groups and if you don't have something like for them outside of like corporate worship then that's I don't think they're going to be staying um from what I can tell so small groups are important to have absolutely okay I think I think community is one of the first things you said when we started was mm -hmm. that old community aspect and fellowship absolutely Mm -hmm. and I think like in that time so at my church uh they're called family groups and the structure is basically like we have like a series that we go through um on it's on meets on tuesday nights but my leaders like from my family group are incredible and we have like 12 to 15 girls um but the their intention my leaders are intentional about like breaking us into small groups of like two or three so we can have like that more intentional like deep conversation so i think that, like I said, the opportunities for a community um, and how you facilitate that community. Because if you don't, if people, I think it honestly is like a lot of us too, if we're coming ready to like be open and vulnerable, because right. if you are, but like that's not reciprocated, then like you're like, oh, never mind. Like, mm-hmm. let gotcha. me backtrack. Let me put up the walls. Um, okay. I think we are going to look for a church face, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, yeah. people acting like they have it all together when we know that we don't, so we don't necessarily want to be around people who are acting like they do that's good right so so community is important how about uh serving is it something Mm -hmm. that i know there are times that churches can have the approach of well we don't want to put too much on them but what would you say young adults you know your age are are they looking for opportunity to serve or they don't want to have to be burdened with that extra commitment what would you say I would say that's an area that my generation needs to grow. I think we need to get back to wanting to serve because right now I don't think we're necessarily willing to make that commitment. Um, I know some people are looking for that commitment, um, but I don't think that's like uh, something that we're looking for that we have to have from what I've noticed. And I think like growing up, like that was such a huge part of my upbringing in the church was wanting to serve and wanting to give back not only just give back to like the church but also like to serve the people that are coming in that are looking for community that may not know the lord like you're wanting to help create that space 
And I think right now we aren't necessarily looking for that, but I think we need to be. No, that's awesome. What she's saying, Jean, is that back when she was young, she had to serve, otherwise she didn't get (laughs) snacks. Like I was going to say something about her being a pastor's kid. (laughs) We had snacks in the preschool in the children's area. Goldfish. Yeah, goldfish. There you go. (laughs) Yes. But they weren't the extra cheddar ones, though. They're I got like jipped. The Walmart brand. Or? They're the whales, the Walmart brand. Cheap pastor. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Guilty as charged. But um, salvage that church budget. <laughs> no, I, hear I hear you. Just have to buy a, a 20 cents cheaper bag of, yes. of goldfish or whales. Well, no, I, I love it. And I just, so I, I hear again that, again, Gene summed it up as well. But just from what you're telling us, there's a hunger, a craving for authenticity. Uh, there's a hunger craving for community. And so uh, anybody in ministry that's willing to provide and try to reach young adults, it's going to be extending out, providing those opportunities of, of community. Here's some mm-hmm. community for you. And it's, it's not fake. It's not a facade. Here's our worship. And guys, whether you're here or not, we're going to worship God together. Yeah. And so when they walk in, it, it's not we're putting on a show for you but we're worshiping together. We'd love to invite you and invite you in with us. Is that kind of what you're saying? Definitely. Okay. Hmm. But still they, but they may rise to the call of, of challenging them to serve, but don't, don't put it out there or mm-hmm. put it out there and there are going to be some, they're going to rise up. Uh, I think when they experience the church and are fully sold into the church and the vision, then they'll want to get back and serve. But I think it's having to rein them in first and getting them to be, believe in why you're doing what you're doing. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and with uh, kind of taking another step though, we said community Mm -hmm. are young adults, are they wanting to be discipled? Are they wanting to dig in deeper in scripture, dig in deeper in what it is to walk with Christ or is it a surface level? What What do you see from from the, the people you're with? The, you know the uh, the church you're with. You see, the, is there a, a hunger to dive in deeper, or is it more of I want this? Like we have a lot of our age adults and otherwise that they just assume Sunday's fine. I'm good with no no more commitment. <laughs> yeah, um, just show up and check the box. Yeah, and I went to church this week. Mm. Yeah, I've seen. I feel like I've seen both, but I really believe, at least from my experience and from what I've learned I think it depends on the person I think overall we're that's hard to answer I think we're craving to be fully known but sometimes I don't think we're willing to put in the full effort to do it um through being discipled but I think that's partly because people aren't looking to disciple us um I think there's a lack of people looking for people to disciple um, because typically typically people aren't necessarily looking to be discipled so if you're wanting to be discipled or like if you're wanting to disciple someone if you're wanting to disciple someone you need to be look on the lookout for someone to disciple Um, and not to say that we don't need to look for people to disciple us but I think I know like my mentor she like asked if I wanted to like be discipled and for like us to like meet every other week and just be honest and vulnerable and that I knew that was something I needed but I didn't know like who it was going to be and she asked me very cool and so I think we need to be better about looking for discipleship um both to be discipled and 
discipling opportunities. Oh. But I think we look for that, like, when we want to grow and walk with the Lord and, like, want to grow in our relationship with Him. So I think you have to be in that place to want to be oh. discipled. Okay. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's I awesome. think that's true for all ages. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. Very yeah. Much so. Well, man, yeah. I know uh, we're, we're kind of on time. We're kind of pulling things together here, but is there anything else... Lord Beth, that you're like, man, I, I would love for those that are ministering to young adults, those that are, whether it's a, a lead pastor, whether somebody has a, a parachurch ministry, mm-hmm. is there anything else, man, you, you would want them to hear, to be encouraged with, challenged with, uh, for them to be bold and step out and do? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else they need to hear from you? I think, I guess the main thing that comes to mind is don't be afraid to ask the young adults in your uh, churches, whether that's asking them if they want to serve, asking them if they want to be discipled, asking them if they want to be part of a community group. Um, Don't hesitate to make the ask because I think my generation can be scared to take the step forward because it won't be reciprocated. But I think if they see that you're like willing to believe in them and to see and that you see that potential in them, they're going to take that step with you to move forward and to grow. Yeah, I would challenge um, the leaders that are listening to maybe even put together a focus group, mm-hmm. you know, put together a focus group of, you know, half a dozen, dozen young adults and just talk about these things and more. Absolutely. And just kind of find out what the what their heartbeat is, get the pulse of the generation mm-hmm. and, um, and just see, you know, what it's going to take to reach that group. Because we know historically that, <clears throat> excuse me, that 18 to 25 year old yep. group, they typically leave the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, that's been true ever since I've been yeah, around. Yeah. And I think it still is today. They graduate high school, they go to college, and they don't get involved like Laura Beth. Um, they say, well, I've done the church thing. I'm, gonna go, I'm an adult now. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And we lose them. And then maybe they get married, and then maybe they have kids, and maybe mm-hmm. they go, well, I probably need to get my family in yeah. church. And yeah. uh, now they're 30 years old. Yeah. Exactly. And we missed, they missed 12 years yeah, of no you know, discipleship and opportunities <clears throat> to serve and worship. Oh, I, I've, I've often seen young adults, as, as I remember years ago seeing this, I sitting at a light, and I don't know why this uh, connected me with this, but I was sitting in, in a car at a light, and I saw this humongous flock of birds uh, you know, fly around and go to all sorts of circles and everything else. They landed on a telephone line, and all of a sudden one took off, then the whole flock of <laughs> them took off, and they went over and sat on a building, literally. Then they all took off, and, they, and I'm like, and, and for whatever reason, it stuck out. I feel like that's so much like our young adults, that they're going somewhere, and all of a sudden, okay, they had, this was at that time, they have the best quote-unquote you know, rock show on Sunday yeah. morning. Then they go over here, and okay, this one, they do some great outreach with whatever else. Then over here, and they keep moving around. They're tr- but bottom line is, I believe they're looking for authentic, you know, Christ following. Mm-hmm. They're looking for authentic Christianity, and it wouldn't be such a herd mentality, I believe, if we had something to anchor that was true mm-hmm. and authentic. And and at what I hear you saying is that's what they're looking for. And just as churches, we need to quit doing this show thing. We can use social media and leverage that, but we need to be real. And and um, anyway, Absolutely. that's what I take it from. Yeah. Well, thank you so Sounds much good. for being here thank with us. Lord, we don't course. want to keep you any longer because we know you have to study. Yeah, she, no, study. No, she just, finished, <laughs> just finished her final exam. Finals so are done. All right. How'd thankful. you do? I think okay. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're proud you did of great. It. We're incredibly proud what of it. What are you majoring in? 
business. Okay. So, yes. Business. Good. Well, yeah, I mentioned you've been working with Unstuck as well, the Unstuck group, Mm -hmm. the Unstuck ministry. A lot of churches, ministries work with that. So she's been working with that as well. Awesome. It's been amazing. Another full plate element. Chuck, (laughs) uh, before we wrap it up, tell us about Connect Hope. Man, would love uh, to engage with you if you're at all a part of a ministry, whether you're senior leadership or or heading a ministry outside of the church. Um, Connect Hope would like to invest in you, and we're all about encouraging pastors, uniting ministries, and resourcing kingdom work. And uh, I want to encourage you to go to our website, connecthope.org, and you can check off our Connect box, and and it'll uh, allow you to set up a a phone call with me or a, a meeting. We'll grab coffee or breakfast, lunch, and I would love the opportunity to see how we can partner with you to help you take next steps in leading your body, your ministry, uh, to grow in Christ, but even more importantly, for you to grow in Christ, your family to be strengthened, and uh, God to be honored there. So um, would love to hear from our any one of our listeners. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, Laura Beth, for being with us today. Thank you always, Chuck. <laughs> and uh, I will see you next week. We got Sounds some great, great guests lined up for the future. Yeah. We so got a great guest it. right here. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking. Wow, I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I said that wrong. It's Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's we had a great guest today. Yeah, we will you. have Thank more you. great guests. Just continuing on that's... our international broadcast, exactly. known as the Connect Hope Podcast. <laughs> exactly. So thanks for listening, and we'll share see with you your next friends. Time. Yes, <laughs> tell all your friends, your like, family. Comment, share. <laughs> That's right. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous. Thank you.